Buddy, can we jump onto the first of the proper slides, please? That'd be great. Thank you, Brolsky. And am I on then? Oh, let's hope that's working. Excellent. I've got two amazing people I'd like you to, to welcome this morning. We've got David and Linda are going to come forward now. Where are David and Linda? We've got David. Where's the amazing Linda? Uh, that might be the next slide I actually need. Not the one that says, next slide to start sermon. <laughs> Fantastic. Has anybody seen Linda? She was there a minute ago. Oh, right, right. Read slowly. <laughs> David, would you like to... D- David's going to read to us our first um, reading I'll be using this, uh, this morning. So, David, if you'd like to share that with us, that would be great, please. Galatians, Galatians 3, 26-29. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentiles, slaves or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, and now, that you, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his ears, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Amen. Amen. The same reading um, in my language, Yoruba, goes this way. Nitori bubonyije omo lorun nipa igbagbo ninu Christi Jesu. Nitori bubo eni tio tishe iribomi nipa igbagbo ninu Christi tigbe Christi wo. Kotu si oropwe eni koni ju eni koni guriki mo tabikwe eni konje eru tabi o minira okurin tabi o birin. Nitori bubo yiti di okoni no Christi Jesu. Ti e baje ti Christi ajekwe eje iru omo aburamu. Esidi ajogun ileri. Amen. Thank you. Linda. So I'm going to read in English first. Um, Romans 12, we serve God with spiritual gift. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophecy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So now I'm going to read in French. Um, I think as Seychelles, well, I come from Seychelles, we are extremely blessed because we have not got one, but we've got three um, uh, 
maternal national language. So, la vie nouvelle au service de Dieu. Frère, physique, Dieu a ainsi manifeste sa bonté pour nous. Je vous demande de vous offrir vous-même comme un sacrifice vivant, réserve à Dieu et qui lui est agréable. C'est là le véritable culte que vous lui devez. Excusez-moi. Ne vous, ne vous conformez pas aux habitudes de ce monde, mais laisse Dieu vous transformer par un changement complètement de votre intelligence. Vous pourrez alors comprendre ce que Dieu veut, ce qui est bien, ce qui lui est agréable et ce qui est parfait. À cause du don que Dieu m'a accordé dans sa bonté, je le dis à vous tous. N'ayez pas une opinion de vous-même plus haute qu'il ne faut. Ayez au contraire des pensées modestes que chacun de vous s'estime d'après la part de foi que Dieu lui a donnée. Dans un seul cœur humain, nous avons plusieurs parties qui ont toutes des fonctions différentes. De même, bien que nous soyons nombreux, nous formons un seul corps de l'union avec le Christ et nous sommes tous unis les uns aux autres comme les parties du même corps. Nous avons des dons différents que vous nous devons utiliser selon que ce que Dieu a accordé gratuitement à chacun. Si l'un de nous a le don de transmettre des messages reçus de Dieu, il doit le faire selon la foi. Si un honte a le don de servir, qu'il serve. Celui qui a le don d'enseigner doit enseigner. Celui qui a le don d'encourager les autres doit les encourager. Que celui qui donne ses biens le fasse avec d'une entière générosité. Oui, celui qui dirige le fasse avec soin. Que celui qui aide le malheureux le fasse avec joie. Amen. Brilliant. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you. I just love so completely that we've already heard four or five different languages, another one to come uh, this morning. You know, the good news of Jesus is universal. It transcends cultures and languages and barriers. And I love that we get those voices, but all of those voices this morning were speaking the good news of who Jesus is. Because he's why we're here. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. That's what we're going to celebrate. I, I, I'm going to have a bit of fun in a moment as well, but some serious stuff. This, I'm going to do some theology this morning. Ooh, it's not like me, that is it? I'm just looking around the room. All the okay, those that are going to fall out with me not here. This is a good thing. So, um, in a world of growing division, because have you noticed our world is quite divided? Yeah, apparently so. Our greatest witness in the dividing world, in a, in, in a world that is growing in division, our greatest witness is to be growing in unity. That's what we can be. In a few minutes each week, we get to be together like this. and We can bring eternity into that moment. Um, this is not part of that strong series. This is a separate one, but still it's so important. We get to touch people's eternity in this moment as we gather together. So remember, in this room there are people with all sorts of cultures and histories and backgrounds. Talk to some of the people that you've seen on platform this morning. Imagine their story. I'm going to tell you a story uh, at the end of this about somebody um, um, from northern Sudan that I'm kind of trying to link in with, that I'm trying to share the good news with, and the, the journey that he's been on. But the eternal journey I'd love him to be on. 
uh, but that's coming later. So I'm not sure if this is working or not. I think my zapper's dead. I'm, I'm without battery. Oh, sorry, I'm sans battery this morning. Um, just keep the languages coming. So yeah, I'm just going to have to give you the nod. Um, DNA. I have been, you know, you are, you are in the past, many of you know that I've done my DNA. I'm my DNA tested. You all know that, don't you? I am human. This is a good thing. Um, they've set 100% human-ish. And they've just updated all of my findings because they keep updating as DNA testing gets better. They keep refining it a little bit more. It's to keep you hooked on them and they keep trying to make me pay them more money and I keep saying no. But my DNA has just come back and they have, they have refined it. I am now officially 90% North European. Very specifically, Yorkshire and what is current central Denmark. In other words, I am Anglo-Saxon, like to the core. But I'd like to show you this next slide because this is the full DNA picture of me. 93% Anglo-Saxon, Danish, 1% Welsh, that's why I can sing, 6% dark good looks and charm because there's 6% of me from the Iberian Peninsula. I am Portuguese. The best thing about that is, that must have some Moorish content, because when my mum had her blood tested, all they could find were African markers. So there's a bit of me there. That, so, I, so somewhere in there is some fascinating bit of personal history so that I'd love to know about. What is that? The, the, other, the other two bits are fairly straightforward. I'm basically, I'm a marauding Anglo-Saxon um, that came and took the land from Julie's tribe, the Welsh, and... Obviously, one of my ancestors thought she's good looking and married her and, and kept her, which I've done the same thing. But this little 6%, the dark good looks and charm. I mean, what, I want to know about that, you know, because obviously it's a very powerful dominant 6% in me, that. Um, that ancient genetic story. But that's just genetics. That's just genetics. Actually, I am not an Anglo-Saxon warrior. I am obviously dark, good-looking Portuguese. Um, but I am actually the child of Alice Haig and Paul Bedford. My dad was called Paul as well. Uh, Alice and Paul. I am their son. That is my identity. I, they were my parents. They're who I think about. I've done a little bit of digging around, and I've done a little bit of research. And you know, I had some great concerns that my family heritage may be from Lancashire, which was deeply painful to a Yorkshireman. But I'm glad to say that was just a blip to one side. I can now take it all the way back to 1740. And guys, we are from Yorkshire. It's all right. It, we, we just had a little... So we went on mission, I think, probably is what it was, into Lancashire, into the Darklands to share the good news of Jesus. But we're a Yorkshire family all the way back to 1740. On both sides of family managed to work all that stuff out. So, yeah, we are just not... But that is just... Human flesh and blood. Yeah. That passes. Yeah. And many people I know, they don't have the privilege and the knowledge of knowing their birth family. There are people in this room that don't know their actual birth family, don't know their heritage. Things have happened, they've taken them away from that, where families are broken. And they don't know their heritage, let alone their DNA heritage. They don't know their history. And I understand that. But there's something more important than even knowing those things. Yeah. It's our eternal destiny, our eternal history. Uh, my physical DNA is very important to me because I find it 
historically interesting, but my eternal DNA changes everything. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Right now, in a horribly divided world, our message of family and unity is bigger than anything. Political, historical, nationalist, or genetic. Who we are in Christ is bigger. And the good news of that is so important. You know, so I'm going to just, just plant in your mind, by the way you love one another, people will know that you're my disciples. And that is so critically important that... Our unity, unifying point is not that we're all Anglo-Saxons, not that we're all Portuguese, not that we're all Danish, not that we're all Ghanaian, not that we're all from the Seychelles. It's that we are all belonging to Christ. That overrides everything. So let's have that in our mind as I share this morning. And I'm going to get a little bit theological on you, if that's okay, uh, in quite a short time. So can I have the reading slide on, please? I'll give you a prompt, because obviously I'm a little bit broken today. Before the coming of this faith... We were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, now that this faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And then it goes on to read in the, that David read for us, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. How amazing is that? We can drop the international slide on if you would. Thank you. While sin has been in the world pretty much since people breathed, sin has just always been around. Like people arrive, mess arrives. Have you ever noticed where there are people, it's messy? We're really good at messing things up of sin and getting things wrong. But the law defines what our sin is. But the law also puts boundaries around that. It gives us some capacity to understand and to restrain ourselves. That's what the law does. It's a way of managing our lives. But we've got to understand the law that was given in the Old Testament. The law serves to restrain our sin. But only Christ has the power to liberate us from our sin. And that's important. Wherever you're from, whatever part of this world you're from, law can only restrain your sin. But Christ has the power to liberate us from it and give us eternal life. So I thought that was a really good statement, but there you go. So Paul writes this. I thought I was really proud of that statement. Wow. Before, <laughs> Paul writes this. Before faith came, we were held in custody and guarded under the law until faith came. So there's a comparison between law and Christ. The word translated guardian here is pedagogos. It's a Greek word. And what, if you were a rich Roman or a rich Greek, your kids were annoying. So you basically got somebody to look after them for you and to raise them until they were mature. And they were responsible for teaching them all, all lives, rights and wrongs and feeding and nappy changing and knives and forks. And, well, somebody else did all of that. And today we call it grandparents, which is slightly different. Um, so, day to day, grandparents do it. In those days, a slave did it, a children's worker, a leader, trusted with the care of a child until they were grown up and matured. What that is saying is the law treats us as children. The law was our custodian. The law treated us as children until Christ liberates us. And when Christ liberates us in, us in faith, we begin to mature. And something different takes place until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. 
we are liberated and justified. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You see, the law would divide us. The law would say you're different. The law would say your national identity matters more. The law would say that your rules and regulations in your part of the world are different to my part of the world, and it would divide, and it would, it would ring-fence people in different positions, in different places, in different situations. This is not, by the way, a political statement. This is a spiritual one. And it's also about the, the law of the Old Testament. So I'm not talking about Brexit this morning, so please don't read anything into that. Don't set me off. But division is defeated by faith in Christ, in whom we are brought back into relationship with God. So we're divided from God our Father. This is the gospel. But in Christ, we're brought back into relationship with God the Father. We belong again. We're embraced again. So the division is ended. The custodianship is ended. The, the, the custody. And we're brought back together. We're adopted. We belong. We're part. We have a relationship again with God the Father. And the word translated here, children, the children, his sons, and that matters. It's not sexist, it matters because the word sons here is all about the right of inheritance. We inherit everything that is God's, it's given to us. We're part of the household. The Father gives it to us. We're not just lodges somewhere, we're part of the household. It matters. We have full rights. But it's clear that Paul intends and means to be more inclusive more inclusive than just me and God. It goes wider than that. In Christ, further divisions are defeated. You can drop in the next slide, please. Further divisions are defeated. It says you belong here. I've no idea why there's a line across that. I do apologize. Um, it says you belong here. We are baptized into Christ. Now that Christ has come, the right of entry into God's people is no longer restricted. To be part of God's people, you are no longer restricted by gender, by nationality, by culture, or by social status. Those divides do not exist in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, something different has taken place. See, in the old days, to be part of God's people, you had to be circumcised. The fellows had to be circumcised. I am not big on this concept. It was available only to males, but that was under law. That was under, I know this is a bit theological, but this is really important. Sometimes we get hold of the, the theology in the heart of this. Under law, something physical had to be done. A price had to be paid to belong. But under faith, under Christ, a price was paid on a cross. And then belonging is through that cross, through baptism, through our salvation. And because it is no longer restricted to something you can only do to a man, it becomes available to all people. That salvation and that belonging becomes available to all people. And that is an incredibly powerful thing. And it's something we skirt around and wrestle with so often because of our social culture around us. But the truth of Scripture is so much more important. We've got to get hold of this. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. So that's quite literally, in the very early church, they would literally put on a large white gown when they were being baptized among the church. Because it demonstrated, I'm, literally, I'm putting Christ on, and they would be baptized. It was symbolic. So Paul uses that language. You put on Christ and are baptized. So he's using a physical example of the spiritual truth. And that's what, here Paul uses language from, from, from the very earliest church and says, this stuff matters. So all of you belong to Christ, clothed with Him, wrapped up in Him. 
you're part of him and his people. Um, I have a couple of tags that I wear. Anybody got logos on the shirts? You got logos? What's your logo? Lyle and Scott. So, welcome to Lyle and Scott. This is Marker. You got some tags on your skin as well? Football club? Which club is it? Manchester United. If you can have a tattoo of a football club, if it's not Sheffield Wednesday, I'll go with that one. Okay. I, I wear a couple of tags. Um, I wear my, I've got these, I mention these a lot. I only ever go running when I'm wearing these. These are my dog tags and they're my emergency ID and they say, if anything happens to me, phone Julie. Julie won't answer the phone, so phone Megan, is what it says. <laughs> that is a truth universally accepted. It's got my blood type on it or my medical detail because I'm an old man and there's a good chance when I'm running out in the country in the middle of nowhere, somebody could find me clutching my chest or something. Um, I also wear a wedding ring. I know it's not on my wedding finger, but I lost a lot of weight and it now drops. If I clap now, my wedding ring flies across the room. So I now wear it on a different finger. So it is a wedding ring. And they mark something. They mark something. They say something. If I were to be found, people would know who I am and that I'm connected in some way. They mark something. Let's jump onto a piece of scripture about being marked in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Guys, that's just an all people thing. That's an all people thing. That's not just a man thing. That's not just a UK thing. That's not just English. That's not just Yorkshire. That's not just Barnsley. It's not just the bloke that lives down my street at number 12. It's an all people thing for the whole world. Going to all the world and make disciples. And the promise is that he do, as we do that, his Holy Spirit deposit will be placed in each of us. It's a mark of belonging. So when God the Father sees us, he knows there is belonging. We are broken through a division at that point. Church, it is so important. Unity in the church is so critically important. Wow, is there anything bigger? Is there anything bigger? Christ becomes the primary identity marker, our ID tag, our wedding ring. Nothing else is before that or over that. You see, you may be proud of your heritage. I am really proud to be from Yorkshire. You may have noticed. It really matters to me because, of course, when God made everything else, he was warming up. And then, on the eighth day, he made Yorkshire. It's the truth. Oh, you see, spot the Yorkshire people. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. There was no eight. Well, there was an eighth day, but he didn't make Yorkshire in it. Yeah, absolutely. He made he made Lancashire and said it was good, and then he made Yorkshire. It was very good. Anybody here from Lancashire? I do apologise. I do apologise. But just think, you get to be the warm-up act for us. And you're, you're, Kerry's moved permanently to see us saved while you've got your work cut out. It matters that we're from the Seychelles. We thank God that you're from the Seychelles. We thank God that you're from Albania. We thank God that you're from Ghana or Nigeria, wherever it may be, from Portugal. Especially Portugal right now, because I'm feeling very Portuguese. When I got my ID back, I'm feeling so Portuguese right now. I'm so wanting to book a holiday. Um, 
I want to, I want to get off the airplane and say, I own this. I am, I'm home. So, got to Nando's. Okay. Not quite what I had in mind. Church, this is important. Don't, I, don't, I don't have a vision for a multicultural church. I don't have a vision for a multicultural church, but a Christ culture church where people find they belong and discover who they were created to be in Jesus. You see, I love the richness of our various cultures and histories, our backgrounds and nationalities, but I love more that they can be united in Christ. And I believe the only place where they can be eternally united is through Christ. So I don't believe in multicultural church. I believe in Christ's body. Christ's body is above all. Through us, it is everything. Because each of us are marked by His Holy Spirit. That is bigger than me being from Yorkshire. It's bigger than any heritage. It is. Oh, I'm pleased with that one. All other identifying tags or logos or history or culture fall away. There is no longer Jew or Greek. I can't begin to tell you. When this was written, there was no bigger divide in the whole world than Jew or Greek. This is like saying there is no lever or remainer, but it's bigger than that. This is bigger than saying there are no French and no English. It's bigger than that. I can't begin to tell you, well, look at this. There is no slave or free. How big a divide could you imagine? Where the slave and the free become one in Christ. Where the Greek and the Jew become one in Christ. Where male and female become one in Christ. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. What Jesus calls being born again, being born from above, it's a phrase he uses when he's having a conversation with Nicodemus. That's when his spiritual DNA overrides our physical DNA and we become new creations. Scripture says we're born again. We are new creations, set apart. We become a holy nation, a chosen people. That is bigger than any identity I can have on this planet because it is an eternal thing. The differences in ethnicity and gender and social economic status, they don't magically disappear. We don't suddenly all become rich and suddenly we all become um, physically identical. The history still matters. It brings richness to us. It brings history to us because it allows us to celebrate what God is doing. It allows us to celebrate where God is taking us. But Scripture declares that they are irrelevant compared to the body of Christ. For one to be baptized into Christ, it means being clothed with Christ and finding our primary identity and value in Jesus. And what's shocking then, I just said, for one to be baptized. I actually got posh then. Wow. Can you tell I was typing when I did this? For you belong to Christ, then you are able... Now, this is, this is a theological bit where some people might get wound up at me. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The word seed, uh, sperma, is now interpreted corporately. It's you are. The people of Christ are. This is right across the board. This is not one genetic group. This is not one historical group. This is those people that find themselves in Christ. They become the seed of Abraham. The Greek word sperma, I'll leave to your own imagination where, where that takes us. But look, that is about we become part of that family. The promise, epangali is divine certainty and assurance. There is a divine certainty and assurance in that. There is no longer Jew 
or Greek, Gentile. We are in Christ. All who belong to Christ share fully and equally in the inheritance of God's promises and the call to live as God's children and heirs. You belong here. And the future is yours in Christ. The future is yours in Christ. You belong here. Paul's message to the Galatians reminds us not to get all legalistic and religious and destroy the freedom and the unity and the mission that God has called us to. Church Hope House has got something unique that it's called to. God's mission is to bless and to go into all the world. All the families of the earth begin with the promise to Abraham. And we can inherit it as his children. It takes priority over our human agendas. Church, I'm excited about what God could do here. I'm excited that in a divided town, in a divided country, in a divided world, there are pockets of unity called the church. And I believe that can grow. I believe that has an eternal call on it, where every other politic, every other nationality, every other regime, whatever it may be, will always have a time set to it. But at the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I believe that God's word over us is to be different. It's to be different. We are in the world, but not of it. And this is an unusual town. So I believe God needs an unusual people. And we are called to be an unusual people. And God's people, His church, are unusual. So I'm believing for all ages, all genders, all nationalities, all heritages, but one new identity and culture in Christ. His people and heirs to His promise sent into all the world. And that's what I can be excited about. I can be excited about it. I can believe for that. So I'm excited about a platform here that it becomes normal to hear different accents and see different faces, different skin tones, different heritages. Because what we are celebrating is not that. What we see is the goodness of Christ. What we don't see is the nationality. What we see is the goodness of God bringing unity to his people. We have a vision, but a vision without action is fantasy. So this very simple morning where we've heard some different voices, seen some different faces, it is the beginnings, the small beginnings of action. It's beginnings of saying, Lord, we believe for more. We believe for different. We believe for representing your kingdom in this town. So I expect to see more of this, but not just managed like we've done this morning, but the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit brings this, the Holy Spirit changes, that deposit within us and powers and releases us. I believe our house church can make a way where there's no way because that's something God specializes in. Where there is disunity and division, we have a God of unity and inclusion. And that's who we need to be as a church. In a world of growing division, our greatest witness is our growing unity. Very quickly as I bring, bring, bring this to a close, I just want to set before you these truths. Because what I'm saying to you as a leadership of the church and as the leader of this church, as a broad leadership, we believe this stuff to be true. Yeah. We believe this to be true. And we're planted in a big building on the corner. It's a funny old flipping nightclub. An old nightclub in the corner of Barnsley, for goodness sake. But it's called hope. Because we want to be hope. Yeah. Ephesians 2.19 Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. It requires all of us in our heritages to build the holy temple, 
to bring all of that focus onto Christ. In Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling which God lives by His Spirit. Romans 12, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, for these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. We heard that read earlier. Take what you have as part of this family and serve with it. Love one another. That's how people know we're his disciples. In a moment, I'm going to ask the band to come back. And I'm going to ask Rose to pray for us in a moment. But before I do that, I want to tell you about a gentleman I've met, a young guy. Um, We weirdly got together because we open our building up and uh, different organizations use our our other building across the road. And I met a young man there. And I was hoping he was going to be here this morning. I think it'd be great if he had, but I'm going to keep meeting with him. He told me all about his story the other day. He's from Northern Sudan. We had a great two hours. We were meeting for 10 minutes and had two hours. And he told me his story. He's one of those people that we don't like, that other press don't like. He's one of these people. So I'm going to very briefly tell you his story. So he's born into a Muslim family, not particularly practicing, but it's part of the culture, and uh, subsistence farmers, and then the war zone, effectively, um, in the southern North Sudan. So he's only ever known fighting. His six brothers and four sisters, and they decided something had to change. So he walked to Libya, and he got in a boat, and he did all this without paying a cent because he had no money. So all this story about only rich people make, he walked, he got in a boat, he got to Italy, he walked into France, he got on a lorry to get to the UK, he got out of the lorry and found himself in Germany, he got back on another lorry, found himself in the UK. The lorry driver said, you're going to get me in prison. Here's some sandwiches, some bo- a bottle of water, some food and a tenner. Just, I've never met you before. He's now in Barnsley. He got his right to stay uh, two weeks ago. And we got meeting and chatting, and he wanted to know about, well, he's a runner. So he's going to join Barnsley Harriers. So we, we, he's doing York Marathon in a couple of weeks' time, the same time as Joe myself in York Marathon. So that was our initial <laughs> the enthusiasm from from from. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so that was our first contact, but we use what we are and who we are to build a relationship. So I was able to tell him that this week we'd have an international Sunday in town about all the different nationalities that we have attending this church, and he's saying, "But how does that happen? You're Christians." His assumption was that we were church, so we'd only be nice people from Yorkshire. So he's blown away by the fact that we are his people. So I'm going to keep meeting with him, sharing the good news of who Jesus is with him, and try to connect with him from his Islamic faith. Because, you know, I'm not bothered about tearing down his faith and telling him what's wrong. What I'm interested in is telling him the good news of Jesus. I don't want to tell him why he's wrong. I just want to tell him who Jesus is. And let him make that journey himself. I don't want to get into an argument with him. I just want him to say that you matter. I want him to know that he's cared for. That he can belong. It's a real life story. And I want him to be part of the diversity of God's kingdom. Discovering faith in Jesus Christ. Who we are is light on a stand. It's a city on a hill. We are salt and yeast. We are transformers. We're the ones who are supposed to challenge the status quo. 
So where there's division, we should be the unity bringers. We should be the unity example. We are good news carrying people in a bad news world. So I need to be good news to that young man. You need to be good news to your neighbours, to your colleagues in this town. I'm going to ask the band back if they would do, and I'm going to ask Rosa to come up if she would please as well. Where's Rosa? David's going to ably assist her as well, I believe. David's going to help with the, uh, the IT, while Rosa is going to pray for us. I've been sitting in my chair, praying to God what to say. God said to me, tell about what you are. I came in 90, 1975 to England, and I was a refugee because the Chilean could it up in Chile. And again, we are husband and three girls. Then, for things happened, we came to Bansley. I fell at home. I've been looking for shares, shares all the time. And then, in 1997, I found a friend called Ruth Simpson, and she brought me to this church. And I hear this voice say clear to me, you are at home now. And I fell at home. You are my brother. You are my sister. Whatever you are, you are I belong to you. Yeah, and now I'm going to say something in Spanish. <laughs> I was 29 when I came here. I'm praying English now. <laughs> this is praying, praying in Spanish. She speaks to the Yorkshire accent, can you tell? <laughs> yeah. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos, santificado sea tu nombre. Vénganos tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy el pan nuestro. Necesitamos, perdónanos el mal que hacemos, como también nosotros perdonamos a quienes nos hacen mal. No nos dejes caer en la tentación y líbranos del, del mal maligno. Porque si nosotros perdonamos a los que demás y al demás que nos hayan hecho, también perdonará a nosotros, a nuestro Padre Celestial. Pero si no perdonáis a los demás, Tampoco vuestro padre o perdonará nuestros pecadores. What I mean, he said, we have to forgive people those bad sin to us. You have to, because if you don't forgive what do bad sin to you, you're never going to carry on, live your, your future. You have to go forward. Forgive what people do bad sin to you. And that is the thing with we all we are all ones. We are one. We are all relating yeah. God's hands. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Rosa. Yeah. I don't speak Spanish. Apparently that should have been the Lord's Prayer. Anybody who speaks Spanish should tell me. That matters because that's your kingdom come. Yeah. Your kingdom come. Ephesians 2, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his hope household. That's what your kingdom come looks like. And so we're going to close in worship. We're going to enjoy fellowship together. And while we're having fellowship and friendship and talking next door over coffee and just being who we are in Christ, let's just remember the amazing thing that God has done and the amazing thing that God promises to do. Amen. Go.
Lord and God alone. One cross, one grace, one name that saves. All praise to you belongs. All praise to you belongs. We lift you higher, higher. God and God alone, your name be louder, louder than any other song. You are forever seated on your throne. You are forever God and God alone. Who else can wash our sin away? God and God alone Who else can raise us from the grave Oh, praise to you, belongs Jesus Oh, praise to you, belongs We lift you higher, higher God and God alone, your name be louder, louder than any other song. You are forever seated on your throne. We lift you higher, higher. God and God alone, your name be louder, louder than any other song. You are forever. Seated on your throne, you are forever God and God alone. And what can separate us from this amazing love? What can say it's greater than our God? And every knee will bow down. Can separate us from this amazing love. What can say it's greater than our God? And every knee will bow down. Oh, every knee will bow down. We lift you higher, higher. God and God alone, your name be louder, louder than any other song. You are forever seated on your throne. We lift you higher, higher. God and God alone, your name be louder, louder than any other song. You are forever. Seated on your throne, you are forever God and God alone. What could separate us from this amazing love? What could say it's greater than our God? Every knee will bow down, and what 
walk could separate us from this amazing love. What could say it's greater than our God? Every knee will bow down. Oh, every knee will bow down. Oh, every knee will bow down. Oh, every knee will bow down. Lord, we thank you that every knee will bow down, Lord, that every tongue will confess that you are Lord. You are so worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Excellent. We've got tea and coffee now. Please do uh, stay around. It'd be great to chat and spend time together. We've got our uh, six o'clock service tonight. It'd be great to see you there as well. It's question time, remember? So exciting times. And please do visit our Connects Corner in the back. Uh, we've got Colin that's stood there from what I can see.